0: Welcome to another inspiring message from David Hall, pastor of LifePoint Church, Adelaide, Australia. It's our sincere prayer that you would experience the presence and power of the Holy Spirit as you listen to this message. For more information, please visit davidhall.com.au. I really do believe this is a word from the Lord and I want to open it up this morning. It's from the book of Isaiah. So if we can turn there this morning, and I love Isaiah. Isaiah was the, he was the, salvation prophet. He was a contemporary of Micah and Hosea, but he he was different in that he had a twofold message throughout the book of Isaiah that I believe was talking about salvation, obviously for the the children of Israel who were in a mess, who were broken, who had been pillaged, who had been destroyed, who had been Captured, who had been in exile, and 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 they had faced incredible difficulties, and and so he uh, gives the uh, the prophetic word of the Lord to them for their salvation. But not only does he seem to speak to their immediate salvation in terms of just rescue from the situation they're in, but he's also prophetic about the salvation of mankind. He would pen for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. The government shall be upon his shoulders. I've messed it up. I've got it the wrong way around, but you, you still know the passage. I've covered the key bits, but he'd also prophesy uh, who has believed our report to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed. He prophesied about a Messiah to come, but he also prophesied deliverance in that moment. I love Isaiah. And, and so Isaiah would... Uh, he he uh, he would prophesy. In fact, he's a prophetic voice for words like "No weapon formed against you shall prosper." See, when I hear things like that, I can't help but rejoice because no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Doesn't mean it won't be formed. It just means it won't have dominion over you in the name of Jesus. And and they're good scriptures to quote when you're in fear and, and when you're in worry and when you're facing internal struggles or demonic opposition, you can speak the Word of God and say, no, you have no authority to prosper for it has been written in the name of Jesus. So Isaiah prophesied so much for the future, the Messiah and for right now, but we can take a hold of what's in the Word of God and apply it to us. And and Isaiah says so much to us as believers, even today. And in Isaiah 54 and verse number one, he says this. He says, sing, O barren. Now, he's not, he's not speaking to a person. He's speaking to a nation, a nation who is so desolate. It's not growing. It's not flourishing. It's not, it's not reproducing. He says, you who have not born, break forth into singing and cry aloud. You have not laboured. For more of the children of the desolate than the children of the married. In other words, he say, I want to bless you in your desolate place more than someone in a prosperous place. And then he goes on to say, he says, enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Somebody say, do not spare. He says, Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes, for you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed, neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame, for you will forget the shame of your youth and not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. For your Maker is your husband, the Lord of hosts, and your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of The whole earth. Now, I want to have a look at this in the message. It says, sing barren woman who's never had a baby. Fill the air with song. You're ending up with far more children. God says, go. Clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over whole nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. Don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're not going to come up short. Clear lots of ground for your tents. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. I love this passage because it's a faith passage. Isaiah just he stepped into the prophetic, but he stepped into the realm of faith. He, he, he's, he's saying, hey, there, there's a breakthrough that I want to bring you. There is something that I would like to do. And, and, uh, and, that, and that is, I, I want to see my people expand. And I just feel like that's the word of the Lord for us as a church, that God wants to expand us. And not just expand, well, what God does in the house, I believe He'll do in you by association. And so, so I pray that you are blessed coming in and blessed going out. I pray that God prospers you in every area of your life. I, I pray that you'd be the head and not the tail, above only, never below. And so when, I, when I'm when i preaching all of this today and talking about the, the power of, uh, 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 of this passage, there is there is gold in how do we expand. I want to talk about how to expand. And I also want to say as a church, we do need to expand. If we were to run one service, we wouldn't be able to fit our people in the building, we wouldn't be, up, we wouldn't be able to uh, cope with what God's doing. Sunday nights are, are starting to grow. But do you know, we get to a point and we can't go any further because we're, we're, we're full. They reckon a church will only ever grow to 80% of its size. And, and we might look around this room and go, oh, we could put a few more in here or do a few things. We could reduce the stage. And all of those things are for consideration, but if I can't have the corresponding number of kids in the building or or the corresponding number of car parks in the building, there comes a point in the 80s we just built auditoriums and the rest, you know, as long as we can have a big room and that was really where church was at, but now church is so much more about the fellowship that happens after service or before service and and midweek and all of those things. So the reason I'm speaking all this to you today is not because our I feel, I feel like we need a bigger auditorium. I, I think we do, but we need a bigger footprint totally because God wants to grow. I mean, talk about desolate. It's been the most desolate season for the church the last 12 months. But I love the fact that we've come out of this. We're taking ground. We're yeah. believing God for something. So, so, so this passage is all about expansion, expanding our faith, expanding our thinking expanding our dreams or in, in terms of what I believe is a rhema word for us is expanding our church. And see, there's a church and I don't wanna say which one it was, but it was a church. It would have been a church, maybe four or 500. Some of you might join the dots and that's okay because I'm still amazing what God did. But the church was growing and the, and the pastor had a vision for a building. And so there was really one guy in the church who just paid for everything. But as a result, the church never flourished because one person expanded but the rest of the church didn't join them in that journey of faith. And, and I, I, I thank God that one person would step up but wouldn't it be great if the whole church said... To the same level, that person's stepping up. I'm going to step up in my capacity and, and and see God do something. If we would all rise, and this wasn't one person, and as a result, that church never grew moving into their next season because none of their faith was in the ground. They couldn't walk on that land and go, "My faith did this." So it, it was. They walked on the land, going, "Thank God for brother such and such and sister such and such." I I I, I I'm putting my faith in this thing. I'm I'm going to, and I'm not trying to preach. The next four weeks are not offering messages. I'm just trying to say, I'm believing if we all do this together, we can expand as a church. And so here, we see a message where uh, Isaiah talks about the promises of God. You're going to multiply. You're going to take ground. And he gives keys for how to do that. And this is such a faith passage. I, honestly, it's just stirred my spirit. And, and often I've ignored verse one and I've just jumped to verse two and preached that. But I wanna, I wanna give you the keys and he starts it with the first word. He says, sing. And that word sing doesn't just mean sing. If you go to the original language, it comes from the Greek word, <laughs> which, which means to emit a song, but also to shout for joy. And, to, and, and and it's the shout of triumph. You've heard me talk about the shout of triumph. It's not the shout of victory. The shout of triumph is a different shout. You, the shout of victory is a shout you shout when you've had victory. It, 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 sorry, it's the shout that happens during a victory. But the shout of triumph is the shout that you shout when you've had the victory and then you shout in celebration of it. So often in Scripture, God wants us to shout the shout of triumph When the victories never come. But God says shout to the people of Israel because He says, I see something you're not seeing. And so what I want you to do is not shout because of what you see, but shout because of what I see. And and, and so as a church... I believe that we've been doing that. We've been declaring it so many times in staff meetings. We stretched our hands out this way. I remember one Sunday night at the end of 2019, we had Pastor Tark Barna from Auckland. And we all stretched our hands out towards her. I don't know if you were there in that service. And he said five times, he said, let's shout grace. So we started shouting grace, grace, grace. You know, 18 months later, it seems like that promise is coming to pass. But can I say, we, we've got to sing over stuff. We've got to declare it. He says sing. We've got to sing not based on what we know, but based on what He knows. So what we call it in. But we've got to keep doing it. God, how do we do it? So now I'm declaring, Father, unlock provision. Lord God, I, I, I thank you for your provision. I thank you that it's not going to come with demonic attack. I'm, I thank you that it's going to come easy because you're a God who b- provides seed to the sower. We've been a generous church. Well, we're just trusting that this is just going to be a job for El Shaddai, who's more than enough, who's exceedingly able. And so but can I say, let's forget about the building now for a minute. What about your circumstances? What are you singing over? What are you shouting over? What are you declaring? God, your promises are going to come to pass and they're going to come to pass why? Because all the promises of God are yes and amen. Jesus is the divine yes to the promises of God. And I'm believing God. There, there's things in your heart that maybe, maybe they seem impossible. And you've got your little tent and you're comfortable. And, and God's saying, it's time to sing. I'm about to, I'm, about to, I'm, I'm about to bring some expansion into your life. And so he says, sing. But then he says, and this is where we're good Pentecostals. We sing and shout and believe. Praise God. It's done. And then we do nothing. We've got A co- faith without accompanying action is dead, being itself alone, James tells us. And so number two, we sing, but number two, we've got to enlarge the space. Enlarge the place of your tent. Clear the, clear the ground. As a nation, you're pregnant. Babies are coming. The population's about to grow. You've got to reject smallness. Clear the land. But there's no point clearing the land. I can't, I, we we, we got we to wait, wait until, maybe I've got to wait until maybe... We're, we're pregnant, so to speak, or we got to wait until this this happens, so to speak. No, no, he says. He says, clear the land now. It's it's time to it's time to clear the bush. It's time to clear some trees and 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 grow. In other words, he's saying reject your small thinking. Uh, I, I was listening to uh, a commentator really talking about this passage, and he and he says the tent speaks of your authority. It's what you govern. Most of these tents would sleep two people, maybe four. And he's saying, enlarge the place of your authority. I think as a, as a church, we've got to enlarge the scope of our authority. We've got to, we've got to believe that God wants to do more in us and through us as a church and believe God for the impossible to become possible. He says, he says, enlarge the space. In other words, the word, the word enlarge means broaden, broaden, and broaden the, the, the space of your tent. And to do that, it's more ground, it's, it's more tent. I don't know what they made it out of. Some, the tabernacle was made out of badger skin. I don't know if that was high end. I don't, it might've been a bougie tent. I don't know. But, but what I do know is God's saying, whatever you've got, It's time to expand because I want to bring blessing into your house. But can I say, how do we expand as people? Forget, I'm preaching, I'm doing an Isaiah here. I'm I'm, I'm speaking to our stuff and I'm speaking in the spirit realm for the future of our church. But just in our stuff, what do we need to expand? Some of us, our thinking is so small. We can't even forgive someone. We want all the promises of God. but We can't even just get over something someone said or, I'm not talking to them. Can I say, we've got to have a big spirit. No Christian seasoning God's word has any right to live offended or in unforgiveness. We've got to believe God for big things. And He's a big God. He's a supernatural God. So He's saying, enlarge the place you're dwelling. What about enlarging the scope of your faith? What do you believe in God for? Some of you sit here and there's this little flicker of desire in your heart. You think, you know, I'd love to do this. I think if I do this, it's It's my destiny. But you just back off because we have. sometimes we can get a good Modbury North mindset. It just keeps us contained. I I pray that as we take some limitations off our faith here at church, that's going to have a domino effect all through the life of our church. Things are going to spring to life in the name of Jesus. Expand. We've got to expand our faith. I think we've got to expand our prayers. We're praying big enough prayers. I wonder if we could ever pray a prayer so big that the angels in heaven go, oh, that's ridiculous. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Uh, yeah, as if that's going to happen. And then God goes, I'm El Shaddai. Boom, there it is. I, I don't know if angels are critical, but I, what, 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 they are today. Uh, but we know they can go rogue at times. So hey, what are we believing for? What's the scope? What's the scope? Some people's worlds are so small. You know, you've got you, you've got your cat. I got a cat. I love cats. I just can't eat a whole one. I get full. (laughs) Enlarge our vision. Am I speaking to anyone this morning? Some of us, we're so small in our mind. You've got a creative idea in your spirit that could actually open the world to you. Open every door, but, oh, I don't know, I don't know about that. I, I'm, just, I'm just, oh, I'm, can I say, when's the last time you scared yourself by faith and did something for God in the name of Jesus? Number three, he says, enlarge. but It's not even that. Don't just enlarge. Don't just clear some land and cut down some trees. He says, okay, now, 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 now stretch. Stretch, that's the the part none of us want to do. We want to enlarge, we want to sing, we want to possess. We we don't want to stretch. Because the stretch, it's uncomfortable. I don't like stretching. It's never comfortable. Whenever we've had to stretch as a church, it's uncomfortable. I remember about a a week before we all joined here, I remember sitting in my, uh, I I was in New Zealand, and, and uh, I was speaking at a conference. The other speaker was Russell Evans. And I just had like a rock in my stomach. I just felt sick. because, I, But I knew that God had spoken to me. I knew without a doubt. I just didn't like actually doing that. And I remember saying to Russell, I said, I feel sick. He goes, ha. Oh. He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, that's called faith. Uh, and he goes, get used to that. He goes, I live feeling sick. And then he's, ha. <laughs> <laughs> You know, what? I, I, you know what, I don't know where that came from. That came, that's a bit boat You know what? All right. How's it going? The stretch is uncomfortable. There was a man with a paralyzed hand in Matthew chapter 12. Now, that, that was something that would have been a source of embarrassment to him. Jesus says, stretch forth your hand. He didn't specify which one. But I know the hand that he stretched forth got healed. There, there was a miracle when he stretched. The Bible talks in the book of Acts, I think it's chapter four. Oh, well, I'll tell you where it is. I'll just walk over here, just have a quick glance. Acts chapter four and, uh, and verse 30, it says, it says here, and stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders shall be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Isaiah says, who has believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord been revealed? One translation says outstretched. There's something about stretch and there's a miracle in that space called the stretch I believe in God if I can relate it to us today I'm speaking to the soul of our church and and believing that God wants to do something but I'm believing God that as we stretch as a church we'd see blessing in our church but I'm also believing God for every stretch that you and I take as men and women of God That'll come back to us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. For Donna and I, this next season is a season called stretch. I'm believing God. I'm stretching in my prayer life. I'm stretching in my dreams. I'm stretching in, 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 in my vision. For, just even for Donna and I personally, I'm stretching in my giving. I'm, stre- I'm stretching. Is it going to be comfortable? No. But do you know something? I think if we sit here for the next 10 years, and enjoy the labor of people, most of which have gone home to be with Jesus now. We just enjoy the inheritance. Right. People stretched. Jonathan sent me a document. I just can't remember if that was a Ridgehaven document or it was a Ridgehaven document. Now, just understand, I am not, we're not even considering this. Just understand that I'm just making a point. A document of, of people in the church that all put the name to the bank with the amount that they would guarantee. The loan, And I looked at some of those names and some of those names are people I know that have gone home to be with Jesus, some for 9,000, some for 7,000. And that might not seem like a lot, but that was what the bank needed to secure the building over there at, <laughs> at, at uh, Ridgehaven, which as a pastor, I got to walk into with, with a small handful of debt that by the grace of God, we we're able to sort out pretty quickly. But I think all of those people were willing to go all in to make that happen, and, and and as a result, it's not even our building anymore. It was a stepping stone to more of what God has. But right now, that's a miracle for another church. It's a uniting church, but it, not that it's a bad thing. It's a good thing because they're a spirit-filled, Bible-believing uniting church. And 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 so, but but you think, there's people that were willing to stretch, and guess what? Never got called in. God made a way where there is no way. Some of you, it got real quiet here. Going, I'm not doing. That. So who's the first? Pastor George, I sense the word Halleck. Just none of that at all. It's a different day. Interest rates were 17, 20%. In those days, it was a different day. But if those people hadn't stretched. I wonder what stretch we're willing to do as a church to go forward. I'm not asking for people to do something outside of the will of God. I'm just asking people to hear from God. And and so, because there's miracles in the stretch, and I'm believing we're going to see the greatest miracle of provision our church has ever seen. He says, Stretch, and he says, Do not spare, don't hinder, don't refrain. Can I say, when, when we have our miracle offering on the 27th, there's going to be two people I need in the building there's going to be people that I know can give, and there's going to be people that just can't. But do you know what you can do? You can pray. And you can sit in that seat and go, God, I, I don't have, I don't have the means, but God, I call it in by the grace of God. I'm going to sing over that place. I need, I need some of our people to sing over it and just keep singing over it. You might say. Oh, silver and gold have I none? Guess what? Peter and John had no silver or gold, but what do they have? Miracle power. You know what? I need dunamis. I need faith. I need givers. We need the whole thing, but don't stay back and go, oh, well, count me out. No, no, no. I need your prayer. I need you to believe God with me. And, and so don't, that, that, that's what you've got to understand. This is not just a message to those that can, there's those that can't, but you've got the faith to believe that God's going to make something happen for the glory of God in the name of Jesus. I'm nearly done. Uh, number num- number number four, he says he, he says he says lengthen our cords. You know, nearly any, every commentator that looks at that will, will say things like, "When we lengthen our cords, it's our church, or it's the it's Israel, it's the people of God spreading into other nations, yeah. into other places." I feel like we need to have cords that reach to the mission field. Yeah. We need to have cords that reach into every high school in our city, every university. We need cords that reach into broken and damaged houses and where people are hurting. I feel like God's saying, lengthen your cords because what I want to do is significant, but there's no point enlarging your tent if we're not furthering our reach for the glory of God. And I believe God wants us to possess on the left and on the right. And what are we trying to possess? It's souls. It's those who are lost, that need Jesus, that must be born again. If you believe it, clap your hands, say amen. Help me preach a little bit. I'm working very hard, quite tired, fatigued. And then he says, and then he says, strengthen. We stretch. Stretch. Then we put a stake in the ground. Then we breathe for a while. But you know, I Googled last night how to put up a tent. (laughs) And I came up with some doozies. But then this morning I thought about them. I thought, no, I don't think the church will take this too seriously. But you have to put the tent peg in at a 45 degree angle. So I got into some Bible numerology. 45 speaks of... uh, Anyway. (laughs) It does speak of perseverance and inheritance but I don't think that I think you're drawing a long bow (laughs) but it's interesting before you put the before you put the tent up before you put the tent up you have to put some tent pegs in before you put them up I think what are our tent pegs we've already got some in the ground what are they they're prayers that we've prayed for years they're our convictions one of our tent pegs is our stand on the word of God and One of our tent pegs is Pentecostal power. And I feel like, well, those have been in the ground. They've been enough. That, that, that we can get the job started and and expand a little bit, and then we'll put some more tent pegs in. Maybe maybe it's outreach. Maybe I don't know, but whatever it is, I feel like as a church, if I can say this, as a, in a world where, where where it is confused, in a world maybe Daniel, if you can come, in a, in a world where what's up is down, what's down is up, and you know it's just a different day that we're living in, and and uh, it's. I don't even want to elaborate on that this morning. Uh, But I I will say this, the world is confused. It doesn't even know what it is anymore. The world's a little cooked. Can I tell you, it needs some churches with some stakes in the ground to say this is who we are. This is what we believe. We're God-fearing people of God. Amen. We're going to pray. Can we stand for one minute? Just ask the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom, direction, Lord, we, 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 we call this thing in. We call this thing in. Lord, we love you. Oh, we praise you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. You're so kind to us. God, you've called us to build a great church. And God, we don't want to make the name of LifePoint anything. There's only one name we want to make great. It's already great. We just want the world to hear more about that name. And it's the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it was an encouragement to you. If you'd like to know more about David and Donna, please visit our website, davidhall.com.au.